Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 366. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 229, The Accused. Though, of course, this episode also has an alternate title. Yes, when we logged on to YouTube to listen to the episode, it says the episode is NV229 Final Full, which <laughs> I think that's hilarious. A file name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. And it's been out for almost two weeks at this point, and they still haven't changed it and a lot of the commenters are noticing it like this is just like a little easter egg because that's how you name your files yeah (laughs) but this was not a light-hearted episode though because Mm -hmm. as predicted in the last episode the city council and tamika flynn have jointly passed a ordinance that bans science in nightvale and it is causing so much confusion because nobody knows exactly what counts as science and whether anything that they do is banned like Baking, is that a science? Uh, Driving a car, cars are put together by all kinds of science. Can we use the results from science? Mm, Yep, exactly. And even worse, Carlos is, of course, he keeps calling Cecil because he's bored, but also he's noticing, like, representatives from the University of what it is are still in town. He keeps seeing them running around in, like, really terrible disguises. They're clearly doing data gathering inside Night Vale and then taking it outside of Night Vale to do their science. So the new law that's been passed isn't even helping. No, and it needs to be clarified. You know, I, I'm going to say right out, we obviously know what this is all in reference to. This is reference to a lot of stupid laws that are being passed recently, that are being passed out of fear, have tons of negative unintended consequences because they're bad laws that have just been written for moral reasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, while all this is going on, of course, former Mayor Dana Cardinal is in jail because the University of What It Is is studying the body. They said if it turns out it is a doppelganger, should we try it for murder? I mean, at this point, I'm like, I don't know. They're just really trying to determine, is this something that Dana killed? I I thought they were going to find, like, if it's a doppelganger, that's kind of weird and supernatural. But if it's an actual human person that's not a doppelganger, she no, they're just, basically, they're just trying to see if she killed it. I don't know. It's very strange. But uh, Carlos calls again. He's getting a lot of weird looks from everybody in town. And it's, you know, they think maybe he's doing science now. They know that he was affiliated with the University of what it is. That means he's kind of on their side. Uh, He's trying to establish himself as obviously somebody who doesn't like science, like trying to prove that clouds are caused by gods or maybe birds are just magic, but nobody's buying it. And it's really ticking Cecil off because everybody is treating Carlos like this when the real enemy is the university of what it is, but it feels like everything's just kind of spiraled outward again, like current events and politics and laws and people desperately looking for a scapegoat. Yep. Yep. A little bit of good news, however, Cecil got word from his niece, Janice. She says that Josh Grayton is safe and sound. He's in California. He went to go visit his friend, the child of the glow cloud, to make sure that his friend was okay. And that's good because the University of What It Is really wanted to study Josh and explain him. So it's nice to know at least one person is currently safe from the university? Yeah, well, two at this point, because I think the child of the glow cloud, and I love Cecil said whose name is, and then there was this indeterminate rumbling noise in the background, which is what the, the glow cloud's child is named. But the glow cloud, 
I don't think it likes being away from Night Vale. And I think Janice wants Josh and the Glow Cloud's child to come back because she thinks families need to band together. But Josh knows that the University of What It Is would be happy to explain away yet another big glowing cloud that drops dead animals everywhere. So he's encouraging his friend to stay put in California. And I kind of agree at this point because it it was too easy for the University of What It Is to explain away away the glow cloud. They could do it again in a second. Oh my god. They explained away station management. If station management's not safe, I don't know who is. So meanwhile, Cecil has been talking about, like, at first, he was getting all these supportive emails from everybody, you know, supporting his work against the University of What It Is and trying to fight for their town. But now the tides have turned. People are pissed because he's sticking up for Carlos, and he thinks maybe these laws aren't good because they're kind of villainizing science and they're villainizing Carlos. I loved one of the emails that came in, which did say some nice things about how they used to enjoy listening to Cecil, but then was just like, you know, I can't believe that you're doing this. I can't believe that we believe in freedom and you are curtailing our freedom to curtail other people's freedoms. And I'm like, oh boy, if that's not a reference to current events, I don't know what is. That is on the nose. You know, we need our freedom to violate other people's freedoms wherever and whenever we want to. That is exactly the tone of these emails. Oh man. And Cecil's just like, Carlos has set down his protractor in solidarity with you guys. He just can't believe that people have turned on Carlos as fast as they have, and they're going to turn against anybody who's supporting Carlos. So it's just, it's getting out of control. Yeah. Evidenced by the next thing that happens. Yes, Cecil gets a call. It's Carlos. Oh no, Carlos has been arrested for practicing science in public. And the way that it was proved was because he was in a grocery store calculating sales tax in his head. And the reason why they knew that was because he's got a little sales tax calculating song that he sings. I'm like, I want the sales tax calculating song and I want it now. And I hope that it would also be applicable to calculating tips in your head. That'd be great. So Cecil's just, oh, he's so furious. He's going to have to get a lawyer. He's trying to reassure Carlos that everything is fine, but he's got to go and handle this. So he's going to go and bail his husband out of jail. And while he does that, please listen to this song. And I was like, oh, God, that hurts my heart. The weather is still dead. I know. I know. Although, interestingly, in the description in YouTube, it's still called The Weather, the particular song. And I thought, the weather, I'm still going to call it that. Mm-hmm. It was epic and ethereal at the same time. It was great. I really, really enjoyed it. It was called Norman Vember by Tristan James. I've written down ballad, soundtrack, pop with a dissonant section and a cello solo at one point. Oh, I love it. It's right in my wheelhouse. I will have to be looking yeah. at more of their stuff. Yeah, very nice. Very cool. Okay, so Cecil stopped by Dana Cardinal's place on his way to the jail because he's been feeding her plants and watering her fish. (laughs) I like that. Yes. Well, while he's there, he hears a sound and realizes somebody's in the bathroom and he Mm. kicks down the door and in disguise is Dr. Jones and Cecil wrestles him to the floor and he's going to call the police and Dr. Jones starts crying because Dr. Jones says he's, he's had enough. He can't do this anymore. 
Dr. Lubell is determined to destroy the life of anybody who tries to leave the university of what it is. So this isn't just her having something against the weirdness in Night Vale. This is personal for her because she's destroying not only Carlos, but everything Carlos loves. And he, he was sent to Dana's apartment to get her DNA because Dr. Lubell needs that to compare with the corpse, which means Cecil can now get him for practicing science in town. But he says he wasn't doing that. He was trying to figure out how to leave. And he begs Cecil to not call the police because he wants to save Night Vale now from Dr. LaBelle. And I have written in all caps, don't believe him, Cecil. And we needn't have worried because Cecil even says, he's like, it was a good speech. It sounded really nice. It sounded well rehearsed. So I have been fooled by him once before. So he does call the secret police to come and pick up Dr. Jones for practicing science in Night Vale. Also for possibly breaking and entering. That wasn't mentioned, but I'm sure that's got to go in there someplace. Well, while all this is going on, Cecil's lawyer that he uh, recommended to Dana has managed to get Carlos bailed out of jail, which is good, Mm -hmm. but he's gotten Dana freed. And he did it by this almost magical bit of lawyering. He was able to prove when the body was murdered based on when Dana said that it happened. That was five months before murder was made illegal in Night Vale. That's amazing. (laughs) It really is. You know what's weird? I have this vague memory that that might have actually come up in an episode I don't know, where somebody actually ruled against murder in Night Vale. I don't know. But yeah, so um, it doesn't matter at this point, whatever the University of What It Is does with the body, whatever they study, it's moot because they can't get Dana for the murder because it wasn't murder at the time. Nope. And um, Sheriff Sam is not prepared to turn this over to federal authorities because Sheriff Sam does not want Dana to be convicted under federal law. They want Dana to be convicted under Night Vale law. That's what's important. So basically, yeah. this will never come up again. Yay. Awesome. So while all that's going on, Dr. LaBelle walks into the police station and Jones hides behind somebody because he's really terrified of her. And Cecil assumed that she was there to bail Dr. Jones out, but she's not. She sneers at Dr. Jones and says, you can stay in there and rot for all I care. Yep. She has told Sheriff Sam and to tell the city council that it's not going to stop the university of what it is. They are going to explain away everything until Nightville is nothing. And outside you see tons of trailers pull up. She has hired hundreds of people from the University of What It Is and completely flouting the law. And even Sheriff Sam is looking terrified and they say, there's too many of them for us to arrest. Mm, yeah. And um, that's they're going to practice science in daylight. And right this moment, at this very moment, there's actually nothing that anybody can do about it at all. And that's where the episode ends that... Uh, how are we going to move forward from here? <laughs> wow. I really think this is more threatening than a lot of the other big bads that we've had on this series. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Oh, God. And also, we've heard Dr. Yeah, we heard Dr. LaBelle's voice several times. The voice actress who does her voice does a great job. She's really hateful. Yes. Oh, God. So, uh, 
at this point, I really kind of hope that they bring back Kevin from the other, the anti-Night Vale town, because I, I, oh. I want another terrifying opponent to oppose this terrifying opponent. That'd be great. And we haven't heard from him in so long. It was so nice when we got to see him during the little live Zoom show that I one time, know. the actual voice of Kevin. <laughs> oh, man. Bring him back. I want more of that. So that's it. That wraps up Night Vale for the week. Um, check out their store. They're doing a June sale. They've got lots of stuff that they're selling over there, which is nice. So moving right along, I believe somebody finally got totally caught up with Umbrella Academy. Wow. I watched the last couple of episodes in an absolute panic. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So Geez, um, yeah, where to start? I, what I was afraid of is exactly what happened. Reginald Hargreaves was pretending to be a good dad, kind of, because all of this, when we saw that whole thing in the beginning of episode nine with Luther on the moon, and he's you know riding around in his moon buggy and bumps up against this invisible force field, what's behind the force field is a cryo chamber, it looks like, with a woman inside it labeled Abigail, and she is the woman who was dying when Reginald Hargraves yep. left his home planet. I don't even remember how many episodes ago that was. A while, yeah, a while. And all of this has been Reginald Hargreaves wanting to reset the universe to the point where he can get Abigail back, and everything else has been secondary. But he has been doing this, like, going out into the middle of nowhere and finding a portal suspended in midair and building the hotel oblivion around it so that he could access it and then not being able to get into it because of the guardians uh like Mm -hmm. like slaughtering an entire team of mercenaries so getting the children there he needed them in order to to beat the guardians there but more importantly the particles that made them the umbrella academy or the sparrow academy they were just going to be batteries for whatever engine he was going to be powering to reset the universe that's cold yeah cold is absolutely the right word for it um and just no he doesn't ever really apologize and i don't even think he really even looks guilty at any time for the things that he's doing no he doesn't and it, I, I, I'll have to post a link to some of the articles that I read about this where people were trying to figure out what the hell was going on. But they pointed out that why Hargreaves kind of like gave up on everybody in the first season after Ben died was because he only had six children now. He had no way to get a seventh person to uh, in order to, to power the machine to restart the universe. Oh, wow. That's so true. But that's all. Everything is... Everything with them going through time and stopping apocalypses, how much of it was all calculated to make sure to bring them to that point by the final point of this season? Yeah, I mean, Klaus even called him out on that, that he killed himself in his original timeline because it was the only way to bring everybody back into the mansion together. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what he thought. I still don't know what he thought he was accomplishing there. If this was all, if he knew somehow that they'd get thrown back in time to notify Reginald Hargreaves so he could pick a different seven people for the school. Oh, it's so convoluted. It is so convoluted. Oh, my God. And it Um, really explains why Pogo was so dead set on even having him be drugged to keep him from sending the sparrows into that portal. Because it it wasn't just that they could get killed. That machine was going to kill all of them to drain all their power. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So that was the plan. So, I mean, in episode nine, they actually call for a vote about whether they're going to go into the portal to face the Guardian or whether they're just going to spend their last few hours in the Hotel Obsidian until the universe crumbles. I got to say, I kind of think I would have chosen the battle just because there'd be some hope rather than just sitting there and waiting for the end. But you know, enough people in the Umbrella Academy decide no, so the vote gets turned down. And Hargreaves is in the um, the room with the buffalo and just facing the fact that it's all done, and Luther goes in, and they have a final heart-to-heart. And then Hargreaves murders him. Oh, yes. Oh, no. So suddenly he says that a wedding wasn't enough to bring everybody together, so maybe a funeral will. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He he collapsed. Luther collapses, and you see that Hargreaves killed him with tentacles. So Mm -hmm. Luther knows at the end he's, you know, a scary alien race of some kind. But everybody comes in, and he convinces them it was the Guardian that came through and that's going to kill all of them. And the only way they can all survive is to go through the hallway to the other Hotel Obsidian and face the Guardians. And that's what they do. Except... Klaus tries to go in last, and Hargreaves pushes him back, and he said, you did a wonderful job getting everybody together, but honestly, you're more trouble than you're worth, and he pushes him out, and he locks the door. And I know. Oh, and Klaus like manages to jump into the air and stab himself on the buffalo horns, I think because he knows that would definitely mean that he'd end up in his little limbo place that he now actually likes now that he knows that he can yeah. leave at any time. And the episode ends with everything fading to white instead of black. And I thought, oh I my God, that is so... That was really powerful. That is a scary yeah. penultimate episode right there. Yeah, they really pulled all the stops for that one. Oh my God, I did. I expected nothing that happened in that episode. Nope, nope, not a thing. So the next episode starts and it's Luther and Klaus in the limbo mm-hmm. and they're sitting there watching bad TV. And I don't know why I was so amused. I mean, Luther's just kind of like... It's almost like he's stoned and enjoying pizza and having this philosophical conversation. And meanwhile, Klaus is arguing about the fact that it's pineapple pizza. And he's just, you're you're interspersed Luther's philosophical comments with Klaus's complaints about the fact that pineapple belongs in a cocktail, maybe. And then at one point he says, I guess the real question to ask is, why is it on my pizza? And just the way he (laughs) delivered that line was great. I don't know why it was so funny, but it was perfect. Yeah, I just love Klaus so much. I mean, I bounce back and forth between who's my favorite, Klaus or Five, but it's, I'm pretty sure it's Klaus. Yeah, so everybody's in the other hotel, Obsidian, and the walls are changing. Like, they'll walk mm-hmm. out of a room and they'll get morphed to a different place. And you can see the numbers on the walls, and I realize, oh, the numbers are for the different floors. And I kind of wish they had done more with that, because it felt like they could have been a aha moment when you realized, oh my god, we thought it was this floor, but it was actually that one. No, they never really do anything with it. It's just a scary hotel that morphs the hallways to make sure that they're always running into the Guardians, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I have this feeling like somebody may have figured out there was a pattern with the numbers as well. But I honestly, I haven't researched that. I could be remembering something that is completely not true, but yeah. But meanwhile, those Guardians are freaking terrifying because they're pretty Mm -hmm. much unstoppable. At least one of them has the the weapon where it's just like a spiky thing on the end of a chain, 
and it throws it at one point across the room and shatters a marble table. That was effectively scary. That was probably yeah. probably the scariest I've seen a weapon on chains since um, the bit in Kill Bill at the end of that oh, with the Gogo yeah. Yubari and her spinning chain of death. <laughs> yeah, juggernauts is a good word for those uh, creatures and everything. They are just just that an unstoppable force. Um, let's see what else. Ben, he was at the wedding. It looked like he was finally deciding to accept that people are important and he wanted to be a part of everything. But he turns into an asshole completely quickly. And Sloan is just, she's devastated about the fact that Luther is dead and she's charging into battle. Ben doesn't care. Everything's falling apart. And then Ben, just like triumphant tentacle Ben saves the day. That was all I was waiting for. <laughs> I yes. love that. Yes. Interestingly enough, I wonder, are, are Ben's tentacles the same thing as Hargreaves' tentacles? I made the connection. I don't know, because the Guardian does manage to chop off the ends of them at one point, and then he pulls them back into himself. And obviously it caused him pain, but I don't know if that... If it was part yeah, of an anatomy yeah. or something more supernatural, I don't know. I seem to remember hearing that he opens some kind of weird portal inside himself to do the tentacle thing, so I don't remember. I don't either. Lila and Victor team up at one point so that Lila is using Victor's power, and they just oh, obliterate yeah. one of the Guardians, so that was oh, kick-ass. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. They're all back in the lobby at one point. And Five manages to get up on a higher floor, and then he suddenly realizes he can see that sigil pattern that they've been looking for this entire time that matches his tattoo, and it's in the stars on the floor. And he gets ready to call out what it is, and then suddenly there's a guardian behind him, and it chops off his hand. I'm like, oh my god, and we have Five losing the hand that we knew his future self had already lost. Oh my god. So now in all of this, because I had to read some recaps to get caught up on everything that happened, so when do we find out that Allison was the one who had been secretly talking with Hargreaves and trying to get everybody to do Hargreaves' dirty work. Honestly, I think it was in episode nine that Five realized that was what he remembered when he was so drunk and saw somebody talking with Hargreaves. But it takes a good portion of both episodes before Allison actually admits it, but she won't say what she's getting in return. I mean, she seems pretty willing to just throw Victor to the wolves, but then the Guardian attacks her, and it looks like she's going to get killed, and Victor saves her. And that's when she says, yes, I admit it. And Victor wants to know, what did you trade us for? And she says, you have to trust me. And surprisingly enough, Victor does. You know, both times that Allison asked for that, Victor automatically trusts her. I don't know if it's warranted yet, more on that later, but um, mm. what we what I've forgotten to mention is that Luther had to bully Klaus into bringing them both back from limbo because Klaus just, right. Klaus just wanted to stay until everybody was dead and then they'd all be in limbo and they'd be happy, but Luther wasn't having it. So when it looks like the Guardian is about to kill everybody, Klaus and Luther come back and Luther rescues Sloane and it's all very touching and he gets to kiss her and tell her that he loves her and then he vanishes because Klaus can't hold on to the spirit yeah. staying in this world for long. And it's, oh, it's so sad. It's so freaking sad. And um, it was an interesting use of his... Well, no, he did that for Ben for a long time, I guess. I was just like being able to bring somebody back like to, for a battle. I'm like, no, you're right. That's what he was doing with Ben that whole time. He just had to get powerful enough to actually bring him into the world. Right, to, to be able to interact with the world, I think, other than right. just with uh, Klaus. But. Right, right, right. So the Guardians are dead, and... Uh, 
Hargraves tells everybody to stand on a star, and that's when he starts draining their powers. But not Al. He specifically tells Allison to not stand on a star because there's one extra person there, and they're screaming in pain. And he's doing something with this machine to reset the universe, and she's telling him to stop, and he's not listening to her. And she finally kills him. It just It's that fast. She grabs one yeah. of the Guardian's weapons and slices his head in half and he falls mm-hmm. down. And they're, they're, they're freed from whatever was draining them, but there's still a button blinking red on the machine that can be activated. And Allison decides to do it. I mean, they tell her, everyone say, no, no, don't do her. And she looks at Victor again and says, you have to trust me. And she presses it. Uh-huh. And then everything blinks out. And then we're suddenly back in New York. Is that where this is taking place? Or I don't remember. I, honestly, I, honestly, I can't remember. They're, yeah. they're in the city where the um, where the mansion was, but it's a garden now. And there's a statue saying that it was built in, and it was the date of all of their births. I think October first, nineteen eighty nine, something like that. I think so. Yeah, I think and so. um, they don't have any powers left. And Luther doesn't have his he's not like Simeon anymore he doesn't have whatever it was that they did to save him that turned him half chimp I think he's now fully human but Sloane isn't there and Allison isn't there and we see her and she's pulling up to her mansion where her daughter lives in a taxi and I thought for a second this was a flashback but she's still got the bandage from when Victor like helped her after the guardian attacked her. So she goes upstairs to her daughter's bedroom and it is her daughter. And yes. then she her she's crying and her daughter says, "What's wrong, mommy?" and she says, "I'm just so happy to be home." And someone behind her says, "It's where you've always belonged." And she turns around and it's Ray, her husband yes. from the past. So she gets both yes. Claire and Ray in this universe reset. Yes, I don't. I don't know what she actually paid for that. For the obviously mm-hmm. things aren't perfect for everybody else because the whole family, they're just like, no, we're not doing this, and they all go their separate ways. I mean, Luther's furious because Sloane is gone and he's trying to find her. I think five stomps away. Um, Victor's kind of like left alone in the garden, which I'm like, oh my god, Victor's alone again, abandoned again. by the family. But the thing that really gives me pause is that Ray is standing in the doorway while Allison's looking so happy about being back with him and her daughter. But Ray doesn't look all that happy. I think he looks a little, I don't know, like he knows something's really kind of wrong. Yeah, I I have no idea. I mean, you, you are now caught up exactly as much as me, so I have no idea. I know that there have been a lot of people who are talking about the fact that, like, Allison was a full-on bitch through a lot of this season mm-hmm. and betrayed a lot of people, um, got Harlan murdered, um, and yet in the end, she gets, she's like the only one that's getting a happy ending. And some people were putting like parallels between this and WandaVision, you know? Mm. It's just a woman who is separated from her family who is willing to flat-up murder people to get what she wants. And they're like, it's an interesting sort of theme that's been going through a lot of these shows. So there are people who are just like, why does she get to get a happy ending when she was probably the least deserving of a happy ending after everything she did. I don't know. I don't know. But the articles that I've read pointed out that whatever Hargreaves was trying to do with this universe reset, he wasn't done yet. So yeah. we don't know what was left unfinished when Allison pushed the trigger. But we do see 
when all of the Umbrella Academy people go their separate ways, you pan back and you see a lot of buildings with Hargreaves' name on it. And then this gigantic new building that you pan up to the top and it's Hargreaves and he's standing there with Abigail. And he looks it over at her kind of happy and she looks over at him kind of blank. And that's yeah. that's where that story ends. So we don't yeah. we don't know if there was more stuff that he needed to do to make this absolutely perfect. And the reason why I said he was only pretending to be a good father, maybe when he reset the universe, he gave everybody back a normal life. And you know, like Diego's fingers are completely healed. Five's hand is back. Luther's no longer you know half chimp. Five doesn't have his powers anymore, but. It just, you know, he could make everything better. So anything that he did to anybody in the other, before he did the universe reset, really didn't matter because he could just fix it in the edit. And that's, but the thing is, why didn't he tell everybody that? He could have told everybody, I will make everything perfect if you do what I say. He never tells anybody that. He just tells everybody, you have to do what I'm telling you to. Yeah, I don't know. His motivations are so weird. And like you said, everything wasn't finished. I mean, I think he would have been perfectly happy to, you know, use everybody as a battery and kill them to get his reset. So this may have been second best. Maybe maybe he had to give them a little bit of something because he's going to be using them in the future. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. It, oh, boy. But, but we did get an end credit sequence that I thought yes, was rather did. cool. It was in a subway, and you pan over to somebody who's reading a book, and it's Ben. And he's just kind of laughing at whatever it is he's reading the book and smiling to himself. And then the episode ends. Yeah, yeah. And it's clearly not the Ben who came through whatever. Um, so now there's two Bens that exist in this world. Because I think we did figure out that in the when they came back to this universe in all of season two, their mothers had been killed mm-hmm. by Harlan before they could ever give birth to our universe's Umbrella Academy. Uh-huh. Um, so there wasn't like two versions of everybody walking around, except for five, but five had been back and forth through time so many times, who the hell knows? So now, I don't know, are we going to have more than one version of everybody? Is it just more than one version of Ben? I have no idea. I don't know, because I think there's some implication that that was the Ben that comes through all of this, because there's going to be a time skip before season four, that it's going to be like oh, okay. five years in the future, because the actor who plays five has been aging this entire time. So we got yes. to give him a little bit of time to actually match up with his real age. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> he is very young, but he's not nearly as young as the story wants him to be. So yeah, anyway. So yeah, what gives me some real pause? about season four is the first episode title. It's mm. called The Unbearable Tragedy of Getting What You Want. Oh, no. That's Allison. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's Allison. Allison. Could also be Hargreaves with Abigail. You never know. Mm, either that or um, uh, could be Luther. I mean, what has happened to Sloane? You know, why didn't she make it? I her? don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that was that was such a great series. And man, the music that they pick for this series. I it is know. spot on every time. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, there's so many people who will hear like a show has a dance number and they're like, oh, really? That doesn't sound like my kind of thing. No, seriously, guys, the dance numbers are always amazing. They're always so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I said that I was going to watch another episode of Andor. I did mention to you that, what was it, uh, episode three, Uh I think it was? Yeah, that's, if you watch 
all the way through episode three. If you are not into Andor after episode three, then you're probably okay with just stopping because I really thought that was a very good episode. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the only other thing I want to mention real fast is I finally saw the movie, the Woody Harrelson movie, um, Zombieland. Had you ever seen that? No, I've never seen that. Yeah. Goofy as hell, but fun. You know, it's, it's a zombie movie. It has some gore, but nothing that went past my comfort level. Um, some weird, unexpected turns. It's very quirky, I guess is a good name for it. But um, yeah, I, I was over at my friend Wade and Matt's place, and we were trying to think about what movie we were going to watch, and somehow Zombieland came up, and I was like, oh, I've never seen that one. And they're like, what? I didn't do anything productive. I saw that um, the Tom Hiddleston movie High Rise was on Pluto TV. So I went and watched that yesterday. Oh, that is such a weird movie. (laughs) Do not. So weird. Do not expect a good explanation for why nobody leaves the high rise because you're not getting one. Nope, 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 you're not. I mentioned to Wade that you had read the book too. And you're like, yeah, the book's not any better. No, no, it's weird. You're. Maybe you understand their motivations a tiny bit more because you're inside their heads for the entire time, but otherwise, no, it's none of it is really expected to make a whole lot of sense. I think it, it feels yeah. like a real experimental novel. Yeah, yeah. Certainly not boring. No, weird. not at all. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixeladygeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries, getting closer to San Diego Comic-Con. I've got a review of the Magic Order Volume 4, Number 5, I suppose. Next uh, issue is supposed to be, it says to be concluded. I think the series needs to stop because I just, I'm not... I don't Mark Millar is a talented writer. Why do these stories feel so flat? <laughs> but that and Hugh did a review of Transformers Rise of the Beasts, and he loved it, but Hugh loves all the things. But I have actually been hearing some good things about that one. Well, good. I mean, is it is it a Michael Bay? It's not a Michael it Bay. Is it not a Michael Bay movie? Oh, well, no, it is not. That's a point in its favor right there. <laughs> you better believe it. So. <laughs> anyway, all that and more, pixeladygeek.com. So next week, we've got Laura Olympus. I can't wait. Oh, my God. Just next episode is going to be like... We are going to see some of Demeter, and I think we are also going to see some of Apollo. It's going to be like two of the storylines that we have been so hoping for forward motion on. It's going to be happening in this next episode. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Anyway, one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to you all later. Tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale. I did say 366, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>